The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our armed forces who are joining us from remote locations over the internet, and also listeners tuning in on new affiliates from Hawaii to the Florida coast. Thank you for being with us today. In just a moment, Executive Director for the American Civil Liberties Union, Anthony Romero, will be joining the program to paint a clear picture of post-9-11 America, and also shed light on recent allegations that e-commerce giant Amazon.com may have treated employees who cared for children and sick relatives unfairly. So brush off your copy of the Constitution, because we're going to get a lesson on what is and is not protected under the law. But before Mr. Romero joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Anthony D. Romero was born in New York City and grew up in the Bronx. He was the first member of his family to graduate from high school, let alone earn his undergraduate degree from Princeton and his law degree from Stanford University. His work in the area of legal and social justice began with the Rockefeller Foundation. But shortly thereafter, he was hired as Program Officer for Civil Rights and Racial Justice of the Ford Foundation. A short four years later, Romero was promoted to the position of Director of Human Rights, becoming one of the youngest directors in Ford Foundation's history. And this is where Romero's story takes a dramatic turn. On September 4th, 2001, he reported for work as the sixth executive director of the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, less than a week before the September 11 terrorist attacks. Since that time, Romero has not only doubled the budget of the ACLU, but also overseen the organization's largest increase in membership, largely owing to the ACLU's opposition to the Patriot Act, Guantanamo Prison, warrantless NSA surveillance, and other challenges to the Constitution. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, Executive Director of the ACLU, Mr. Anthony Romero. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Romero. It's my pleasure, Rebecca, and please call me Anthony. It's great to be with you. Now, before we uh, talk about post-9-11 America, I want to point out that while the ACLU is largely thought of as a liberal-leaning organization, the truth is uh, the organization has come to the support of Rush Limbaugh when the state of Florida seized his medical records. It's also represented the uh, Second Amendment Foundation when Washington State's library system attempted to block access to gun-related internet sites. So maybe I've got this wrong, but as far as I can tell, the ACLU has shown itself willing to step in wherever liberties have been violated. So why is it? I have to ask you this. Why is it so many Americans consider the ACLU to be an agent of the left? Well, you know, it's a great question, and I think, I think it largely has to do with the fact that they don't fully understand the full record of what we stand for, and it's very easy to give us a quick label about the liberal left-wing ACLU, when in fact, we are nonpartisan. We have never endorsed a candidate for any political or appointed office in our 95-year history. We don't have a PAC. We don't organize voters. Uh, we don't even opine on nominees for the Supreme Court any longer. So it's, it's an organization that really does believe that ultimately civil liberties can't be the province of any one political party. We fight with, 
Republicans and we work with Republicans. We fight Democrats and we work with Democrats. And, you know, we're an equal opportunity foe and ally. Uh, and regardless of who's in, par- who's in power or what political party controls, it's important to underscore that we're here for the long haul. I mean, in addition to defending Rush, I mean, Rush Limbaugh, when they went after his medical records, we defended Oliver North in the Iran-Contra hearings. Uh, we came to the aid of Senator Larry Craig, you know, the senator who had the wide stance in the bathroom with the sting operation. Uh, we came to the defense of Republicans uh, who were trying to fight some of the campaign finance uh, rules and regulations because we thought they were unconstitutional and, and uh, abridged free speech. We've been working with Steve Schmidt, who was the former campaign manager for John McCain. He works, he works with us to try to make the case that uh, criminal justice can be a bipartisan issue and the need to kind of depopulate our prisons. And so it's a very long history of working with Republicans and working with Democrats and finding them both. We've given a hell of a time to President Obama, and I'm quite proud of our legacy of standing up to this president. He's continued many of the same policies of George Bush in the aftermath of 9-11 that were instituted in the aftermath of 9-11 by George Bush continue lamentably under the under the, the the leadership of President Obama. And we continue to fight him tooth and nail on warrantless surveillance, on things like drones, on Guantanamo, which still is not closed. And so it's, it's really important for us to keep our keep our, uh, our, our credentials in making sure that we are not in the pocket of any one political party. Yeah, I agree with you. I look at the ACLU's record and I just don't see it. But this is a clear case where mythology just keeps perpetuating itself. Uh, You talk to people that are from the right and they roll their eyes when you mention the ACLU. And and I when I point these cases out, they say, oh, well, I didn't know that. Well, you must not have been reading then. Exactly, exactly. And it's true that we also believe in the rights for gay people to marry. And increasingly, there are more Republicans who are of that mind. Uh, and so the, the issue is becoming increasingly bipartisan. We also believe in a women's right to choice. Uh, and we have been uh, like that from the inception. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a young lawyer who argued many of the women's rights cases before the Supreme Court. She worked at the ACLU long before she went on the federal bench. Uh, and so there are, there are core values that we fight for, regardless of who's in, uh, who's in power. But you're exactly right. We, we work very hard to make sure that we, uh, that we, that we don't pick the cases that are the easy ones. I mean, we recently took on a series of First Amendment cases that were very controversial. You know, they're trying to shut down the the trademark for the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, the football team in Washington, D.C. Yes. And the, and the Trademark Commission has been trying to revoke that trademark. Uh, now, Redskins is an con- incredibly offensive uh, label, an incredibly offensive name for a football team. But we don't believe the government should be making decisions about speech. Uh, and we jumped to the defense of saying that the, that the federal government didn't have the purview or the right in, under the First Amendment to revoke the Redskins trademark. And I'm uh, glad you brought that up because the ACLU uh, has taken on a lot of cases that we might personally find distasteful. For example, yeah. the Boston Marathon bomber. I, I'm sure that didn't win you any popularity contest. Yeah, and, and you know, we defend the high-value detainees in Guantanamo Bay, the ones who were uh, accused of, of creating the mastermind attacks against 9/11, uh, the 9-11 victims. We supported the, the rights for the neo-Nazis to march in Skokie, Illinois, uh, back in the late 70s. And that's not the, the, this, the, those are not the actions or, or programs of a liberal left-wing group. I mean, we don't pick the issues because they are convenient or because we like the clients or because we like the issues. We pick them because when constitutional rights are at stake, uh, we need to be vigilant and we need to be there. That's right. And and in many cases, I use the analogy of, you know, the sheriff standing on the porch of the of the prison when the lynch mob showed up. Sometimes we get carried away in the emotion and we want to sidestep the law. And there exactly. has to be something in there, you know, to uh, stop us from uh, making the law an inconvenience and, and pushing it aside. The Constitution has no sides. Exactly. Exactly. And, and everyone's got rights. 
and even people I disagree with, even people I detest personally yes. have rights in America. And if we allow the government to take away the rights of groups that are, or individuals who are unpopular, we're more likely to find the government trying to take away the rights of people that we ultimately find to be friends and allies. And that's, that's why right. that's right. There's always creepage when once you start that ball rolling, it's hard to stop because uh, it, it may start out as a snowball that fits in your hand, but rolls downhill far enough. It's the size exactly. of a building and you can't stop it. Now, we have to take our first break, but stay right where you are. When we come back, we're going to talk about how the attacks of 9-11 and the Patriot Act changed life for all Americans. You're listening to The Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli. Where can people go to get Caraccioli Cellars wines? The best place is your computer and go to CaracccioliCellars.com and that's C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I, Cellars with a C. Or if you happen to be in the Carmel area, visit our tasting room in downtown on Dolores. We're also available in many restaurants. We're distributed in about 15 states and we direct ship to about 30. So there's a good chance that we can get it to your door. And I will tell you that the easiest way to get the wine is to go straight to the website. It makes it so convenient to have it arrive at your doorstep. I cannot tell you how many dinner parties I've had where even though you're not that far away from me, (laughs) I've ordered by mail so that the wine would arrive in time for my dinner party. And it always has. Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel by the Sea. Or find us online at caracciolicellars.com or reach us by phone 831-622-7722. Big data is changing the way organizations work. From data-driven marketing and ad targeting to the connected car, Big Data is fueling product innovation and new revenue opportunities. It's creating a culture in which business and IT leaders join forces to realize value from all data. They infuse analytics everywhere and make speed a differentiator, gaining competitive advantage from faster, more informed decisions. Leading organizations are creating new business models, developing new roles, and defining new big data architectures, including an infrastructure that can manage and process exploding volumes of structured and unstructured data, in motion as well as at rest, while protecting data privacy and security. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash big data today. Hello, my name is Jackie Tucker. I am owner of a home care agency called Care from the Heart in Home Service. We are honored to provide a variety of caregiving services from homemade chicken soup to hands-on care and to continue to encourage you and support you to be independent. We specialize in dementia care and end of life. Our team of care providers are supervised by our case managers who are also registered nurses. Our care providers are certified nursing assistants and to further develop their knowledge and caregiving skills, they are taught by our nursing instructor, Barbara Mayoshi. She's a very important member of our healthcare team. Barbara has been teaching in Santa Cruz County for eight years. Hello, I'm Barbara Mayoshi. I'm an LVN, licensed vocational nurse and instructor. I have been on the Care from the Heart healthcare team for a year now, providing the wonderful employees of Care from the Heart with their monthly in-services. I teach continuing ed classes to increase their knowledge and skill set. Teaching Care from the Heart caregivers has been delightful. They are kind, caring, and very respectful. Care from the Heart is here to serve you with dignity and respect. Our telephone number is area code 831-476-8316. Again, the number is 831-476-8316. Our doors are opened 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Please call Care from the Heart. Get a new view of the world with Coast to Coast AM. When do you see this entire picture unfold? It's unfolding right in front of us. The corporate struck runs our government. 
and most importantly, they keep us on the two-party system. As long as they can convince the American people that your choice is between evildoers, the Democrats, or evildoers, the Republicans, they have absolute control of you. The biggest threat would be a genuine third party. Here, Coast to Coast with George Norrie, Monday through Friday, beginning at 10 p.m. on KSCO. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Executive Director of the ACLU, Mr. Anthony Romero. So let's talk about post-9-11 America. Uh, Now, the attacks of 9-11 occurred just six days after you had started your job as the head of the ACLU, and so no one could have prepared you for the backlash which resulted, including government overreach made permissible by the Patriot Act. So could you speak for a moment about how life changed for all Americans? Yeah, it was a pretty incredible moment. I mean, I I had started work, as you mentioned, Rebecca, about the week before the attacks on 9-11. And, you know, to be clear, the ACLU is headquartered in downtown Manhattan. We're about six blocks away from the World Trade Center site. And we were... We were affected like every other kind of group of New Yorkers or group of Americans. When we saw the, the planes going to towers, we, we had one of our board members who was a New York City cop who died in the, in the attacks. And, you know, we felt the impact and we felt the loss and felt the insecurity just like everyone else did. We also knew from our history that this would be a challenging time, that this would be a time when the fear and the national tragedy would be used to push through a series of laws and policies and programs that we would one day come back to, to regret, to regret them. And it was, it was clear from the very beginning that this was going to be an opportunity for the Bush administration to overreach when it came to, you know, basic rights, uh, the right to privacy, the right to be treated innocent and to proven guilty, the scapegoating of immigrants. We saw that play out almost in, you know, in the immediate days after 9-11. But the most obvious one was with the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act was ran through Congress with no oversight hearings, no debate on the floor. Only one senator, Russ Feingold, voted against it. It was a 300-plus page bill that even now senators and members of the House say that they hadn't even read it at the time. You know, Congressman Sensenbrenner keeps talking about the fact that this uh, surveillance programs uh, undertaken by the NSA were not what he voted for when he voted for the Patriot Act. But the fact is that most of our members of Congress didn't take the time to stop and look. And I remember even having a conversation with Senator Paul Wellstone right after the Patriot Act was enacted um, and before his plane went down in that tragic crash. I said, Senator Wellstone, you know better than this. You know this is going to be an opportunity for the government to overreach and to use these powers in ways that are going to, we're going to come back and rue it and rue the day that we gave them those powers. He, he said, but, you know, Anthony, this is not a time when we could raise the tough questions and we need to rally behind the president as one country. This is Senator Wellstone, the, the liberal Democrat. Um, saying that uh, it, that it was necessary to support George Bush because of the attack on, on on American soil, and while we understood that we needed to respond, we overresponded. And you know, 14 years later, we can talk about all of this massive surveillance without probable cause, without adequate judicial review, that was unleashed on the American people because of the Patriot Act. And you know, it kept going from there. There were many other policies that were put in place that allowed the government you know, to, to overreach. And, and, well, and I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought up the surveillance issue because we didn't only find out that companies like Verizon and Google were oh. cooperating. The fact is, if it weren't for Edward Snowden, yep. the evidence that this was occurring, I don't think it would have come forward. So do you mind if I ask you about what the ACLU's position is on Snowden? No, he's a, he's, he's a client. We advise him on his legal matters here, both in the U.S. and with a team of lawyers who uh, work with him on some of his legal matters as they affect foreign countries. Uh, I know him well. Um, you know, I've, I interact with him every couple of weeks. I, we have a, a robot in my office that um, he's able to kind of transport himself into from Moscow. I've met him in Moscow twice. You know, I think he is... 
a fine American patriot. I think he's someone who worked for the government. He signed up to, to, for the military right after 9-11 because he wanted to be part of the solution that would fight the, the folks who would do his harm. Yes. Uh, he ultimately was not allowed, wasn't able to serve in the military, so he worked with the CIA. And he worked, uh, he took the oath to uphold the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic. And then he began to see on his computer screen at his U.S. government terminal and at some of the contractors' ter- terminals where he worked as a federal contractor, just how, uh, how the government was interpreting these powers and how they were conducting surveillance in secret from the American people with very little oversight within the government, with virtually no judicial oversight. And when he saw his boss, Mr. James Clapper, lie under oath to the Senate when he was asked whether or not they were collecting data on law-abiding American citizens, and Mr. Clapper lied, lied, perjured himself and said, no, we are not. That's the straw that broke the camel's back for Ed. And that's when he said, well, I've got to serve as a whistleblower. I've got to run the risk of disrupting my entire life, possibly serving the rest of my life in jail. But we've got to let the American public uh, and the media and policymakers who don't know this know that that, uh, these surveillance programs are being conducted in in secret with a vast uh, reach that no one fully understood. And I think part of what we've seen in the last two years since the revelations has been uh, a, a real vindication of Snowden's courage. You, you've seen an effort to curtail the surveillance powers for the first time on the, on the telephone records program, where the USA Freedom Act, for the very first time, begins to roll back some of the surveillance powers that were put in place in the aftermath of 9-11. You have a, a much more vigorous public debate uh, around uh, surveillance on the on the internet you have oversight bodies now that are asking tough questions including oversight bodies appointed by the president himself yes and so now we have a public debate about the surveillance powers and everyone lauds the public debate republicans and democrats including our president say (laughs) great we're so glad we're having this public debate but they're quick to chastise and to condemn the very man who sparked this debate. But for Edward Snowden, we wouldn't have had this debate. And whether you like him or you don't like him, whether you think he's a traitor or, or a hero or a patriot, the fact is that our democratic process is much more vigorous and robust because of the revelations of Edward Snowden. And I think most importantly for me, especially given this recent lawsuit we brought in the Second Circuit where a, a federal panel judged that at least the phone records program was unconstitutional and unlawful as you read uh, Section 215 of the Patriot Act. Ed Snowden revealed unlawful, unlawful, illegal government activity. He wasn't just revealing secret government activity or secret programs. He became a whistleblower of unlawful government activities. And so for me, that puts him up there with the whistleblowers who came forward in the Pentagon Papers. Uh, Daniel well, I'm Alton. glad you I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, in we're going to have to take go to a hard break here. But when we come back, I'd like us to talk a little bit about the fact that the that the law does not accommodate whistleblowers. The laws that uh, that are being brought against Edward Snowden actually are there to uh, to try traitors. And I think those people that are listening today that say, well, why doesn't he just come back and face the music may not understand that there is actually under the law technically no legal defense that can be brought for him. So I'd like to ask you about that when we come back from our break. We're going to take that break, listen to a couple of messages from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Costa Report. Do you love creating salads as much as you enjoy eating them? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole inspires fresh and wholesome dishes for any meal with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. From the mild and tender texture of sweet butter lettuce to the crunch of classic romaine sprinkled with colorful shredded carrots and red cabbage, Dole has over 30 salad blends to satisfy every palate. If you're looking for the ultimate in convenience, try Dole's unique salad kit combinations, 
that include farm-fresh lettuces and vegetables, mouth-watering all-natural toppings, and specially made dressings. It's all you need to make a distinctively delicious salad. The possibilities are endless. Visit www.dolesalads.com for recipes and other ideas to feed your culinary imagination. Are you at risk of identity theft? Yes. A new identity theft happens every two seconds. Does giving out your social security number increase risk? Yes. Putting personal information out there increases risk. If you forget your significant other's birthday, are you at risk of getting the silent treatment? Probably. No one likes having their birthday forgotten. But it won't increase the risk of identity theft. Unfortunately, things like shopping and breaches will. That's why LifeLock goes beyond free services that simply monitor credit. From detecting threats to helping resolve issues if your identity is ever compromised. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock has proprietary technology to detect threats and a dedicated resolution staff to help restore your good name. Is getting the silent treatment fun? No. But it's a walk in the park compared to having your identity stolen. Protection starts at $9.99 a month. For 10% off, go to LifeLock.com and use promo code NEWS. Are things getting a little messy around the office? At Coast Paper and Supply, we'll meet all your janitorial needs. Mops, dusters, disinfectants? We got them. Can't get rid of that smell in the break room? Try our deodorizer. Carpet stains? We have a cure for that, too. While you're at it, pick up the essentials. Garbage cans and liners, sponges and brooms. Is your company going green? Coast Paper and Supply is offering earth-friendly cleaning and food service alternatives. Our ever-evolving stock includes compostable bowls, plates, cups, and cutlery. Not to mention eco-friendly cleaners and biodegradable trash can liners, all at the lowest possible price. So come visit Coast Paper and Supply at 151 Josephine Street or look us up at coastpapersupplyinc.com. You can also call us at 831-423-3350. That's 831-423-3350. Get connected with one of California's most exciting business communities every Saturday from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. on Think Local First Radio. Join local business people as they host local business people for a conversation about doing business and staying in business in Santa Cruz County. This Saturday, join Dix Copatoni from Little Biz, Jill Salito from Modern Life, Matthew Swinnerton from Event Santa Cruz, or Michael Olson from KSCO as they host fascinating business people and true adventures from the Santa Cruz County business community. Think Local First Radio is brought to you by Sock Shop and Shoe Company at 1515 Pacific in downtown Santa Cruz. The first thing they look at is shoes. And if they see you in shoes and socks from Sock Shop and Shoe Company, they will look up to you. And also buy Staff of Life Natural Foods Market at 1266 Soquel Avenue in Santa Cruz. Think local first and eat local first by shopping a genuine Santa Cruz tradition. The original Staff of Life Natural Foods Market. back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Anthony Romero. And before the break, we were talking about the fact that a national public dialogue has been sparked from the revelations made by Edward Snowden. Now, uh, Mr. Romero, I, I've spoken with uh, Alan Dershowitz on this, and I, I'm not a legal scholar, but uh, it seems to me that the law doesn't really, as it's written now, doesn't make a distinction between whistleblowers and traders. And the no. actual reason that a person would go public with information, as Edward Snowden did, is not considered a defense. In other words, the reason you broke the law doesn't really matter. Right, right. It's 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 one of those. It's one of those laws that doesn't allow any type of defense uh, in any circumstance. I mean, they're using a very old statute that goes back to almost the First World War and to use some of the sedition laws to charge someone as if they were committing, committing treason against the government doesn't allow any of the mitigating evidence you would want to present. Like, for instance, the fact that he revealed government activity that now has been deemed unlawful 
in most other circumstances, you know, if you have someone working for the government and you see someone is stealing money or embezzling money and they break the terms of their employment by their non-disclosure agreement, let's say with the government and come forward, the fact that they come forward to reveal unlawful or illegal activity helps uh, exculpate the fact that they broke the law by revealing uh, something they shouldn't have. Those avenues are not open to Edward Snowden. Uh, If he were to come back to America to face the music, there is no music to face. They won't even put the music on. They would just send him right to jail, and he would spend the rest of his life in jail with no chance of making any argument that what he's done has served the public interest. I'm so glad you brought that up, because I'll tell you, I've had many arguments at many dinner parties parties yeah. <laughs> that people say well he must have known he did something wrong because he won't come back and face the music and i said there's no venue there is no defense which can be launched he won't even go to court and and with the <laughs> release of the very first document if he had stayed in hawaii working for the government contractor that he was yes they would have locked him in jail the next day and then we wouldn't have gotten any further documents we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have had this public debate they would have they would have muzzled the baby right away and so the only way that we had this debate with documents that continue to come out even to this day, I've been to a month or so ago, there was another new revelation about an expansive government program involving the, the Internet providers and Verizon and others. The only way that this information has continued to, to reach the public's ears has been because he's been uh, at large. Uh, and he's not in Russia because he chose Russia. Russia is the only place he could go. Right. Um, he, he tried very hard to get uh, kind of asylum from other countries. Uh, some of our Western European allies, many of them who kind of publicly laud the actions of Edward Snowden, are too afraid to cross the American government and offer him asylum there. And so he's in Russia because that is the only place where it's either Russia or a federal jail for the rest of his life. Well, so let me ask you about a third alternative. Is this a situation, again, I'm not a legal scholar. Is this a situation where President Obama can issue a pardon? Oh, sure. But that, I mean, that... Is there any action being taken to do that? Is there any hint that he may pardon Edward Snowden? I think it's very unlikely. I think it's very unlikely. I think we should try. I've been advocating it. I think Edward Snowden needs to be part of the solution. I think, uh, you know, this is certainly one of the kind of loose ends of the Obama legacy. Uh, and if, if the president and his counselors at the West Wing were to think a bit more expansively about it, they would want to try to find a way to bring Edward Snowden back and to engage in a conversation about how do you rebuild public trust. I mean, Edward Snowden is a bit of an icon for the young internet generation. We've done the polling. We've seen the research. He's gotten numerous awards, both in the U.S. and globally. He speaks at major colleges and universities through the internet. And many individuals consider him a hero. And I think over time, uh, time will vindicate Edward Snowden. I think the new generation that, 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 that grows up expecting that their communications on the Internet to be private from government surveillance understand that he took a necessary step to protect people's rights. And Yet think- on the other hand, you've got the NSA and the CIA saying things like a presidential pardon or allowing Edward Snowden to uh, be forgiven – Uh, as a whistleblower, we'll just open up the barn door and we'll have every government employee spilling the beans. Well, I think, and look at the slap on the wrist they gave to General Petraeus, who revealed top secret classified information to a girlfriend who was a reporter. He didn't even have a good justification the way that Edward Snowden has. He just, he he had the hots for this young woman who was covering him and doing his, uh, his, uh, his biography. And as a way to curry favor with this young reporter, he gave her all this classified information. And so we slapped him on the wrist. You know, we gave him a very modest. Um, oh, but that was for love. Well, that was because he, was a, <laughs> he was a general. And the fact is, you know, I, I, know. Think the fact, I, think, I think the fact is that Edward Snowden wasn't motivated personally. He has not gained from this. He's, from, he's far away from his family and his loved ones. He's, he's uprooted his life. He's got no job in Russia. Uh, he did this because he believed that what the government was doing was wrong. And the American people deserve to know. And when government officials lie under oath and perjure themselves... 
someone's got to stand up and, and write the record. Uh, and I think ultimately he will be vindicated with time. I'm not sure this president will be the one to do it, but I certainly can imagine a future president. And we should also know that Edward Snowden, and this is, I'm not telling secrets, is on the short list for the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, I got a phone call from an email from the Nobel Committee asking me how to contact him if he were awarded the Nobel Prize. Now, what is America going to do in three, four, five years hence if that man were awarded the Nobel Prize? We're actually going to lock him up for the rest of his life, uh, the very prize that President Obama was awarded early on in his presidency. I think ultimately the, the time will vindicate Edward Snowden, just as the recent legal hearings, just as the recent debates, just as the recent debates in Congress, the filibuster from Rand Paul on the NSA surveillance. You know, I think it's all trending in a, in a very, in a, in a much more understanding light about what he did and why he did it. Well, let me ask you an obvious question. Does Snowden, after he's been mistreated in this way, even want to come back to the United sure. States? Sure. He does. He said so publicly. I mean, he's someone who would love to come back. Uh, he's an American. He's an American kid. Uh, his mother and father, grandmother, his siblings. And, and he really does believe in the importance of the, of the American political process. Are um, you convinced that he had no, way, no recourse within the government, no legal recourse to get this I, information out? I am convinced. I am convinced. I mean, he raised concerns with some of his supervisors. Um, they were basically told. They basically told him to just shut up and keep doing the work he was hired to do. And and, and we we have to look at some of the other cases of people who've come forward. Um, uh, there there are other cases that are comparable. They don't reveal the same nature mm-hmm. of the 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 government wrongdoing. And the government has thrown the book at them. This government, President Obama's administration, has been the most aggressive, uh, hard-edged prosecutor of whistleblowers of any modern presidency. Uh, And and that's not because what they reveal, uh, unless you're General Petraeus. Uh, but other than that, if you, if you reveal the information, whether it's good or bad, whether it's lawful or unlawful, they don't care. They, you break the rules, they go after you like a freight train. Why do you think that is? Why is it this administration? I mean, why are they being so aggressive? You know, I, I think this, this presidency has been captured by the fear of the of that we need to err on the side of being as aggressive as we can because the potential for the next, the next terrorist attack is too great. Um, you know, he's basically said so in some of the speeches and some of the meetings that he's held. In, in one meeting that I attended at the White House, he's basically said that the responsibility on his shoulders to protect the American people. Now, I think that's a very short-sighted view. I think that no president who's going to live and, and by the Constitution can protect America from the next terrorist attack. Without, uh, yeah, without infringing on the Constitution. Exactly. That's, for, that's absolutely for sure. We have to take our final break. We'll be right back with more from Anthony Romero. You're listening to the Costa Report. As a scientist who works hard to stay on top of current events and trends, I know how easy it is to get caught up in the details of a story and lose sight of the big picture. What is happening to society as a whole? Where are we headed? Why does it feel as if there's greater instability, unrest, and danger in the world? The truth is, very few of us have time to contemplate these questions. And if we're waiting for our leaders or the media to paint a clear picture, well, we may be in for a long wait. That's why I'm urging you to grab a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. Go to RebeccaCosta.com. Find out why scientists, government leaders, and the heads of the largest corporations in America are waking up to a newly uncovered pattern of human behavior. That's The Watchman's Rattle at RebeccaCosta.com, a bestseller in 26 countries and a book that Richard Branson, Donald Trump, and experts everywhere are calling a must-read. That's The Watchman's Rattle, available at bookstores everywhere and online at RebeccaCosta.com. Biodiversity is the very fabric of our lives. It is everything around us, all of nature. But human impact is diminishing biodiversity at an alarming rate. And because of that, 
the intricate web of biodiversity is unraveling in ways we don't fully understand, and our world is becoming less resilient. That's why we are biodiversity advocates. We're the E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation. Guided by the greatest living naturalist, E.O. Wilson, we champion research and education that expands our understanding of biodiversity and informs worldwide conservation efforts. The E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation is building a movement of environmental stewards like you who share our sense of responsibility for the living world that is our home. Join us in our quest to protect biodiversity, the fabric of our lives. Visit eowilsonfoundation.org. Hi, this is Erica Fisher. I'm a certified personal trainer at the world-famous Chaminade Resort right here in Santa Cruz. I've got some good news for you. Right now, I will award to the first five people who call me a free introductory personal training session at the ultra-luxurious state-of-the-art fitness center right here at the Chaminade in Santa Cruz. This personal training session will include a personal assessment, setting goals, and an introduction to using the equipment customized to meet your special situation. So call me right now at 831-588-7098. And if you're lucky enough to be one of the first five callers, I will be seeing you at the Chaminade Fitness Center for a one-on-one free appointment. 831-588-7098. Call now. 831-588-7098. EricaFitness.com. Hi everyone, it's Kay Swirling. You haven't heard a commentary from me in quite some time because I decided to rest my brain, smoke some pot, and mellow out. Just kidding. Besides, I'm sick and tired of all those weasels who will do anything, even run over their own grandmothers if necessary, to get elected president. But since I learned that KSEO is now available to Santa Cruz County on the FM radio dial at 104.1 FM, I am so excited that I cannot remain silent. So whether you listen on air or online at ksco.com or via our free iPhone and Android apps. We are and will continue to be your favorite radio station, KSCO Santa Cruz. We're listening. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and today my guest is the Executive Director of the American Civil Liberties Union, Anthony Romero. Now, switching gears for a moment, uh, recently the ACLU took out a full-page ad in the Seattle Times asking Amazon employees and ex-employees who were caring for children or sick relatives uh, to come forward if they felt they had not been treated fairly. Um, What can you tell us about that? Well, uh, we we read the same article that most Americans read that were that was initially in the New York Times and covered in many of the major outlets. That was this uh, rather troubling expose about the corporate culture at Amazon, and and there were there were some parts of it that were just not nice to read, but it didn't. It's not unlike a lot of employers are not very nice to their employees. A lot of there's a lot of backbiting. There's a there's an aggressive corporate culture. That could be any investment bank. It could be it could be any McDonald's for that matter. And so, you know, we, we're not troubled by the fact that the the it could be a hard nosed metrics driven corporate culture at Amazon. But in the story, yeah, but that's not right? illegal. Uh, an that's, an that's unhappy the, workplace right. isn't right. illegal. You have to exactly. cross the line and do something exactly. illegal in order to, for the ACLU to get involved. Exactly. And so we read in a, in a number of the anecdotes we read about women who were not uh, promoted or put on probation or even forced to leave Amazon because they were caring for their kids or caring for sick family members. There was one anecdote about a woman who was put on a, on a probation uh, at Amazon be- after she came back from a stillbirth uh, incident where, where her, her pregnancy ended with a stillbirth. Uh, and there were a number of questions there that were, that were raised for us. So, 
is Amazon fully complying with the Family Medical Leave Act? Is, is Amazon fully complying with the American with Disabilities Act? Is it providing the, the proper legal requirements for supporting their employees when they're dealing with sick relatives or sick children or when they're having families? And so we place the ad as an effort to ask the question. We didn't jump to judgment. There was enough there to ask, to have us scratch our heads and say, wait a minute here, let's make sure we get some more data. Let's, let's hear from the employees. If you've been wronged, if you think you've been wronged, if you think you've been the subject of illegal activity, that means that they discriminate against you because you're a woman or because you want to have a family or because you were caring for, for sick family members, be in touch with us, and we will try to ascertain if, if in fact, you've been wronged and whether or not any laws have been violated. And it, we gave folks a deadline to be in touch with us, and I think, through October 1st. And we've heard from a lot of folks. Um, I mean, I don't know what the exact number is now, but it's we've heard from, you know, just shy of 100 people. Uh, some of them seem to be you know, just not situations where anything, where any law was broken. It may not have been fair, but it doesn't seem like some of them were not illegal. But then some of them raised some really serious questions around whether or not Amazon was complying with the Family Medical Leave Act, whether it was complying with the American with Disabilities Act, whether it was in complying with its own laws. Um, and, and part of what's important to underscore is Amazon is a nationwide employer. And in places like Seattle and Washington State, you have very strong employment and labor law protections, but they have warehouses all across the country. All around uh, the world. Yeah. All around the world. Mm-hmm. And in some states where they have their warehouses, the, the, the local laws are not quite as protective. And so we wondered whether or not Amazon had a different way of dealing with employees in various places. And we're, we're, we're wading through it right now. Now, um, I noticed that uh, CEO Jeff Bezos, uh, he, he sent a letter to all the employees yeah. to contact him directly if they felt that yeah. they'd been uh, unfairly treated. But my experience in large corporations is the fear of retribution or losing your job, it, that keeps a lot of people quiet. It keeps them from coming forward. Sure. Sure. And, and I, think it was, I think it was a welcome first step. He said, contact me or human resources. I think that's the right thing for him to say. It's not a sufficient answer because in some instances, as you say, people want to understand, well, do I have a case? Uh, is what they did to me wrong? Is it, is it unlawful? Did they follow? Uh, and a lot of group, good employees just don't know what employment laws do or don't protect them. They just accept what their supervisors or what the management of a company says. Yeah, I want to point out to people listening today that uh, being uh, unaware of a law does not excuse an employer. No. And if you break no. the law because you're unaware of it, uh, that, that's not a defense. That, that doesn't excuse you. And the real concern here is, is making sure that even as, especially the new tech companies, we understand that they have new ways of operating. They are much more uh, nimble. They are creating new products. Amazon's an, ama- an amazing corporation. I buy from it, uh, you know, very often. And I think it's been a, a great addition to my, you know, I have a crazy schedule. I can't always get to the store, but I can always get to Amazon. At the same time, even as they create their new models and the new corporate cultures and their focus on metrics, there are some basic rules of the road that they have to comply with, any and every employer. And I'm not saying the specific Amazon, but we've been reading a number of reports about how some of the tech companies in particular are not very good when it comes to women in leadership roles or women professionals. You know, Amazon has not one woman on its senior management team. I find that pretty astonishing. Uh, I think it's pretty hard to imagine any major corporation in America that could say only the guys can be the guys at the top because they're the best ones. I mean, there's they're not one woman who can serve on the senior management team at Amazon. I mean, that's not a legal matter. That's more kind of an opinion. Uh, and so we'll, well see I can where tell we you up. in terms of high tech, that hasn't changed much. I, I started out in Silicon Valley in the 1980s. And uh, I, I, I don't remember another woman being an executive management team. I I really don't. I don't remember traveling with another woman. I don't remember being in the boardroom with another woman. I I was always sort of the only one. Uh, I don't think I noticed it then as much as I notice it now looking back. Then I was so preoccupied with the work. I should have called the ACLU. 
Well, that's funny because <laughs> a lot of people don't know to call us. They think this is we're a nonprofit and we are a nonprofit that we only help the the real poor or the real disenfranchised or people who can't afford a private lawyer. And the fact is that we do help the poor and we do help people who have no other recourse. We also help people who have resources. I mean, our major client before the U.S. Supreme Court was this woman, Edie Windsor, who brought down the Defense of Marriage Act because she had to pay a tax bill. Uh, because they wouldn't recognize her marriage in under New York state law. She had to pay 380 some odd thousand dollars in estate taxes that if she'd been married to a man, she would have paid zero. But because she was married to a woman, she had to pay $380,000. Now we took her case all the way to the Supreme Court and won. Now for her to pay $380,000 in estate taxes, she's not poor. Uh, that, you know, to pay that level of taxes, she's, she's doing okay. And so we help people who are in, in trouble when we think that there's a, there's a, even if, even if they're not necessarily, even if they're not poor, even if they could probably hire their own private attorney, we help them if we think we can make a difference for other people across the country. Absolutely. Uh, Now we are just about out of time. So I'm going to ask you to give your website for people listening today. Yeah, we're at www.aclu.org. ACLU.org. If you have a complaint, if you're an ex-Amazon or current Amazon employee, or you have some other issue that you feel that you'd like to uh, get counsel from the ACLU, uh, that's ACLU.org. And I and I am afraid, Mr. Romero, that is all the time that we've got. Well, but it's been a delight. Thank it's you, been Rebecca. an absolute delight having you. Uh, before we say goodbye, I, I do want to take this opportunity to thank you for your service to our country. Thank you, Mr. Thank Romero my privilege and thank you for having me on the show if your station is leaving us after this hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with anthony romero today you can email me at rebeccacosta.com or drop me a note on facebook twitter linkedin when i look back over the aclu's track record it gets very clear that they are constitutional purists one minute they find themselves defending the rights of the Boston Marathon bomber and convicts on death row. And the next minute, uh, hosts like Rush Limbaugh and the National Rifle Association. And they often take on very unpopular causes, which are bound to offend. But similar to the old Westerns, where the sheriff stands alone against the angry lynch mob, we all benefit when human emotion is not allowed to usurp, usurp the rule of law. If you happen to miss the full interview with Mr. Romero today, remember you can download previous episodes from our website, Apple iTunes, Podbean, and our YouTube channel. My guest next week was the former Commander-in-Chief of the U.S. Central Command, General Anthony Zinni, who will be here to help us understand what it will take to stop the ISIS momentum and uh, what is co- the, the very reason that record numbers of immigrants are fleeing into neighboring countries. Don't miss General Anthony Zinni right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.